1: Doctors are there to help guide us and give us information and give us treatments and help us, but we really need to step up and own our own health.
0: From off script media, I am Matthew Zachary, and this is Out of Patience. On today's show, Julie Croner. The vice president of the patient leader network at Wego Health. Why Julie? Well, if you have to ask, you may never know. But with that said, she is a rare disease activist who's been educating and empowering patients for more than a decade. We met God knows how many years ago at one of those really, really ridiculously stupid pharma conferences where tokenism reigns supreme and they ask patients to share their stories for free. With no compensation for time or value, because that's just their way. And at that time, I was one of those suckers who did just that. Gave away the store, that was my patient experience, for free. So the private sector could go off and make a fortune off the backs of my disenfranchisement. But I digress, because I got to meet Julie. And that's the upside. And Julie knew better, which is why she went ahead and started working for WeGo Health tangential to this episode you may want to consider scrolling back in my feed and checking out episode 14 called pay your fucking patience you can tell this is an issue that really pisses me off which is why again someone like julie is the perfect person to opine on all the things enjoy the show julie thank you for coming on the show to represent yourself your story and the almost anthropologic study that is Go Health. As, as you know, I go yeah. back with your founder, Jack Barrett, 15, 16, 17 years. I was witness to its origin.
1: Yeah.
0: And you came on board a couple of years ago. You come from mm-hmm. advocacy. And I'd love mm-hmm. you to start with what makes an advocate and how did you get trapped into the Shit Happens store?
1: Well, thank you for having me on. I'm a fan of the podcast, so I appreciate just being able to talk to you and just, you know, have a great conversation. Um, I love advocates because there's no one way to do it. Everyone's doing it their own way. Everyone's making their own impact, sharing their story, and it just, it's so inspiring to be able to work with all of these individuals every single day. Um In middle school, a rheumatologist told me that you probably had psoriatic arthritis, but my parents didn't know what that meant. We had no information, so didn't really take it seriously, and I had these issues. So health was always kind of like in the forefront of my mind. I was always going to a doctor's office. I was always intrigued by it, so I thought I would end up doing something with health. But when I went to college, I ended up going a business path and went into management information systems. And just started doing computer stuff. And I graduated and worked for Deloitte Consulting for several years and it was great. I mean, I really enjoyed my time as a consultant, but I felt like there was still something really missing. And in my mid-20s, I ended up having to leave consulting to go out on disability for my own health issues one, I was definitely stamped with like the official, yes, you have psoriatic arthritis diagnosis. But then I started this whole shitstorm of other <laughs> conditions as well, avascular necrosis, melanoma, complex regional pain syndrome. And it was at that point that I realized how important health is and how, yes, doctors are there to help guide us and give us information and give us treatments and help us you know, on our way. But we really need to step up and own our own health and be in the driver's seat of our health. So I started participating in Twitter chats. uh, And it's funny because I had always loved social media, but I really wasn't real active on Twitter until I went on disability. And I couldn't even open up my Facebook feed because everybody in my life was still continuing on with their own life. They were traveling and it was just, The FOMO, the FOMO. uh, I couldn't deal with it. So I was like, all right, I got to get on a different channel that I don't, I don't know anybody on. So Twitter was, was my saving grace and started jumping into these chats and came across the Spoonie handle and just all these other autoimmune groups and, and started realizing there was this whole host of patients and caregivers out there sharing their story and helping others. And they really helped lift me out of my darkest days. And it was then that I realized, like, this is all for for something. I have to use this for good. So I started a blog. Didn't know really where it was going to go or if anyone was going to read it. Um, I read it. And then I might be the yeah, only one. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, and, and I just started trying to inject myself into any conversation that I could. Um, coming from a consulting background, you know, I, I really wanted to not only play a role of helping to get information out to patients and caregivers, but then also start to play a role in the industry to make change for patients globally. So started going to conferences. I remember very well meeting you at ePharma several years ago when you were just up on stage Playing your heart out on the piano. And I was like, Oh, my God, who is this man? This is amazing. <laughs> and um, I started working with We Health, actually, as a patient leader and just getting involved in different initiatives. It's, you know, I never would have chosen to have become sick or have these health issues. But I will say, as I look back, Um, at how my life has gone. And, you know, I had my health issues when I was little. So I had this inherent interest in health. And then I got this really great business and technology background in college. And then after that, I started really getting into advocacy. It's really led me to where I am today. And, And it's given me such an amazing toolbox to be able to pull upon to hopefully help impact healthcare for the better um, going into the future for all patients.
0: So there's a lot to unpack there. But the one thing that really stuck with me emotionally was the day I realized I wasn't alone. And it it was like seven years after I was diagnosed with cancer, I had no idea that cancer happened in other 20 somethings. And I met a guy named Craig, and he was like the Wizard of Oz. He pulled back this (laughs) curtain. And I'm like, where have all these people been for the last seven (laughs) years and how could I have not known this? What was it like for you to realize that? I mean, back in those days, like I say those days, meaning like in the not so distant past Twitter was friendly (laughs) and not toxic and not terrible, but the hashtag movements were so (laughs) organically driven by the desire for peer to peer. What was it like for you in that moment to realize I found potentially a, a home?
1: Honestly, it almost makes me tear up because you know, my family is the most supportive family ever. I always say, like, God knew what they were doing when they when he gave my mom and dad to me because they have been by my side through thick and thin. And I know they will always be. But they weren't living in my body. They weren't living my pain and experience. And, and to be able to talk to someone who was like, yep, I couldn't get out of bed today either. and I, Or like, yay, like I got out and I brushed my teeth like it, it was a great day. And just to be able to relate on that level it was just i can't even put into words how how impactful and how how much it meant to me and i realized that you know if if these people were doing that for me i needed to you know pay it forward and at least give give some information to other people to to hopefully make that impact on others
0: yeah. And your personality really shines through with the attitude you took when you launched your blog, which I'll let our listeners know it's called. It's just a bad day, not a bad life. Yep. And it's still there. Yep. Just a bad day. Blog. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you were so open and honest and raw in a way that just needed to be spoken and heard. But even today, like this is not a Hallmark card. This is a real important thing for people to think. Just today, I woke up in a yeah. bad mood because of all the nonsense right. going on in the world. And I realized I can control certain parts of this. I can make a difference for certain parts of this, but it's just today and tomorrow's a new day. So living with this fabulous cornucopia of rare things (laughs) emanating in your body (laughs) and being so young, how did you navigate that? It was a constant managing doctors, managing stigma, managing your friends.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was overwhelming, (laughs) to say the least. I mean, and I will tell you, I did not have that mindset right off the bat. I mean, I spent a solid six months in bed, literally like not getting out of bed, not being able to walk on my left leg at all just in such deep depression um, that literally the the highlight of my day was like eating a bowl of ice cream. Like I couldn't wait to like, after dinner, I was like, yes, I'm gonna have ice cream. I just called those Tuesdays. (laughs) (laughs) But it's overwhelming and you don't know where to start. And it was really the people that I met on Twitter that started kind of giving me glimpses of of hope and and ways to combat what was going on. So I had all of these different things going on, and so just so that everyone knows, because I didn't even know this was a thing. So avascular necrosis, basically, what that means is in my my left femur bone, in my knee joint, two parts of my bone died, um, or or were slowly dying. And I didn't even know bone could die. I thought bone was bone, and like you know, it was just yeah. rock, it was solid, but no, it can die. Um, so I would go to all these doctors trying to get an answer and every single one of them said the same, like, I know what it is seen it before. I don't really know how to treat it. And I don't really know where to send you. Um, so it was just such a, like, you know, you look to these doctors and, and I would go to these top, top doctors walking in with such hope and then like be turned away with no answers. So it was really disheartening because you, You're looking for a path. You're looking for that end, and I couldn't find it. So finding these people online, and them saying like, "Listen, I take it one day at a time. Try this. Try changing this. Try changing that. Do this. Do that." You know, I started conquering little small things, and then I remember I got to a point where I was just like, "This is bullshit!" Like I am (laughs) overhauling my (laughs) life, and I went to the library and I checked out every book. Wait, the what? I'm sorry. What was that word you used? I went to the library. What's a library? Right. And I checked out every book they had on like anti-inflammatory diet, mindset, anything that had to do with any kind of like inflammatory condition. And I was like, I'm going to figure this out. So I started doing all this research and, and I started changing my diet and my mindset and once I really started taking control of what was going on in my life, then I felt like I was more um, apt to be able to control my mindset, which really had a whole impact on my body. And and now I'm not saying like a diet cured me, and I'm not saying meditation like is the cure right, for exactly. everything. But but it really helped me be able to rein in inflammation, really start to manage some of my symptoms and and get me on a path to manage it all. So my avascular necrosis, I wasn't able to put weight on my leg. I was on crutches for three and a half years. And I ultimately ended up finding my fix through a stem cell procedure, not that a doctor suggested, but through patients that I found online talking about this procedure. And they were sharing their MRI films and sharing their story. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, I I need to check this out. So that's how I came across it. It wasn't, you know, that I had miraculously found this doctor on my own. So but that
0: resonates because it, that's the facts yeah. of peer to peer health. We're both college with Susanna yeah. Fox a peer Research and who is one of yeah. the leading Twitter influencers on peer to peer health. I want to get mm-hmm. your thoughts on something that it started out pretty controversially, especially in cancer, when a college just yeah. like, where'd you find out about this? Oh, online. Oh really? Right. Online, I am yeah. the doctor. Did you? I mean, this is chronic disease and not cancer. Thankfully, over melanoma, kind of is one of those things too. Did right. you face yeah. any of that? And if so, did we move the needle on on receptivity on the provider side from peer to peer health?
1: So, <laughs> I just have to laugh because when I think about the nutcase that I was several years ago. I mean, I guess I still am, but when I started really taking control of, of my situation and I checked out all those library books, I started documenting every piece of data that I could on myself. I mean, like when I woke up, what I did, what my mood was, who I interacted with, what I ate, what chemicals I came in contact with, like every single thing that I could possibly think of because I was trying to figure out my triggers. Again, coming from that consulting background. Right, exactly. Ridiculous spreadsheet. So, when I went into my rheumatologist and dermatologist, and I said, you know, like, hey, I'm going to really start to crack this code, they were like, okay, like, sounds great, like, very dismissive. Um, I remember my pain management doctor literally laughing in my face. So, I tracked all this data for six months and I was like, I'm going to make these people believers that what I'm finding through these patient groups are, are really impacting me. So six months, I tracked the data. At the end of it, I created these bar graphs and pie charts and like all these different things showing how my pain and my fatigue and all, all of these things that like, like have either fluctuated or gone down based off of all these triggers. And I made packets for all my doctors. I sent them to all my doctors. And hey. <laughs> my rheumatologist was like, I've literally never had anyone give me anything like this before in my life. And I said you know, one, this was really for me because I wanted to figure out my triggers. But two, I wanted to show you that based off of information I was finding in these patient communities, you know, how it was impacting me. And and so you didn't think that I was just taking what they were saying for Bible and, and going forward. But, you know, like seeing like data driven, this is how it impacted me. So, you know, everything that I bring to my doctor now she listens and she's like all right let's talk about this like maybe this sounds a little crazy but you know I, I feel like i kind of built trust with them given you know how willing i was to put in work i do think though that and we've had so many conversations with the patient leaders within wego health about weeding out the fake news and all of the crap that's out there online, it's hard. And I feel like a a lot of these advocates are almost tasked with finding that the right data and and sharing it and information and sharing it um, to patient leaders, because you could go into a Facebook group right now and hear, okay, I took mouthwash and that, that cured me from XYZ. So then someone's going to go try it. And you're like, why did you do that? Right. I mean, you got to <laughs> do your own. You got to do your own research. It is a
0: little caveat emptor at some point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you got to have some common sense too.
0: Back with our guest after the break.
1: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
0: I'm on the side of how we went from Dr. Nothing to Dr. WebMD to Dr. Google to Dr. Peer to Peer. And Mm -hmm. I think the progress is better because you really do want to get some objectivity, but then you're still facing the potential walls that providers put up. I believe what you're yeah. articulating <laughs> is the the ongoing trend. And let's get to Wego Health because it is companies like these which have been pioneering these narratives and building destigmatization communications to the HCP universe for many years. To our listeners, Wego Health is, and I've been involved with it pretty much since day one, is like a curated community of like 100,000 patient advocates and influencers from all different Shit Happens stores, whether it's cancer or rare disease. And you guys sort of coalesce the thoughts from this Mm -hmm. community to impart wisdom to industry. Did Mm -hmm. I say that right? And you are the (laughs) vice president of the Patient Leader Network. So it sounds like Mm -hmm. your job's pretty important.
1: (laughs) I hope so. I I mean, I I love my job. Um, I would get to a point in my life where you know, it's it's fun to get up and work every single day and work with the most inspiring people you'll ever meet. So whenever I was on disability and I thought, okay, I, you know, I'm feeling really well. I got to get back to working. I can't just sit at home. I was like, I can't get back in, into consulting. Like, no way, no how. And And I approached Jack and Jack was like, actually, you know... We're looking for someone to run our network. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is kismet. Like, this is amazing. So I ended up coming on board to Wego Health. And I've been here a little over four years now. And it's just, it's amazing. So we have this, we call them patient leaders. And the reason that we call them patient leaders, each and every single one of them, regardless if they're a patient or a caregiver, they're leading the charge for other patients. They're really helping to make people feel... Like they're not alone. To give them help, support, and information, and to really drive change. So, we have this community. We have a platform where we have a lot of resources that helps build advocates up. Whether you're just starting, or, you know, you're on your 27th keynote and you're looking for just some more advice.
0: So it sounds to me, Julie, that by landing this mm-hmm. gig with WeGo Health, it became the opportunity to make things suck less for the next you. It became the, the, the augmented version of you meeting the Twitter world that gave you a community. Now you are yeah. helping other communities find themselves and be empowered to make a dent for their communities.
1: Beautifully said. Yes, exactly. You know, and it really gave me the opportunity to step outside of my own community and start to work with these other communities, which I find so much value in the individuals that are members of our network, actually, you know, I think they come just learning to be better advocates themselves, but they walk away with new friends and new conditions. And New ideas to take back to their own conditions that they learn from maybe the breast cancer space or the IBD space, uh, you know, et cetera.
0: Yeah. So, can you give me some case studies? Like, what's the top thing or the top two things where you've seen real effectivity in the business model of WeGo changing lives?
1: Yeah. That's a great question. Okay. So, you better
0: be able to answer it. You do work there.
1: <laughs> I do. I do. No, there's so many that are coming to my mind. What do I want to? What do I want to say? Okay, so I mean, we have so many companies that come to us and there's a, there's a lot of different things that we've done, but one thing that I think is so beneficial is when say a pharma brand who is pre-launch comes to us and says, hey, I really want to start tapping in into this network and into the community and really learning about them and making relationships with these patient leaders. I find that to be so valuable because these brand teams then start to to find out how these communities are working and what, what they actually need. And then they can bring that content or they can bring that technology or they can bring whatever that is to the community. I've seen so many cases where that hasn't been the case where a brand team thinks they know the patient journey and they don't necessarily have these relationships with patient leaders. And they come out with an app that you know, there's already 75 apps just like it in that community and it's not helping or they come out with content that's really not um, indicative of what the community needs. So being able to tap those insights, we, we always joke that it's kind of like a gateway drug for a company to set up an advisory board or set up insight groups because you start to hear straight from the community, straight from these key opinion leaders within the community, mind you, how the community is interacting, what they need, what they don't need. And then, you know, a company, how can you walk away from that? Like, you know, you want to know more, you want to be, you want to create those relationships and then, you know, moving it forward, say, for instance, in that brand team, they launch, then they can tap these leaders to create the content that is so needed from the patient community. They can use these patient leaders within the content so that Whenever they're advertising the treatment, it's not just, you know, a paid actor running through a daisy field, but it's actually, you know, Susie Smith, who's lived with this condition for 27 years, talking about her experience and really, you know, talking to the community.
0: I love the intervention strategies that you guys have implemented <laughs> over the years to prevent things from You're like the Smokey the Bear to pharma. Like, do, just don't do that, please. Right. How many, how many drugs have been brought to market without even consulting the people who need the drugs, whether they want them or not? Oh, that's, my God. That's yeah. the that's that's <laughs> that's face slap of all a- <laughs> oncology and, and, and drug development. So let's enter a shit happens story. I have RA one day, or or I'm type one, and I'm just fed up. And I, I, where do I go? How do I find out about these Twitter groups or these Facebook groups or We Get Help? Like this is someone who doesn't know. I always talk about how there's no Walmart gritter in that shit happens store and you're at the (laughs) mercy of whoever tells you things are there. Like, Hey, tell you this.
1: So like, and you
0: struggled for years to find Twitter. (laughs) I struggled for seven years to know I wasn't alone. What's the journey like in 2020 for that young person that just needs to know the stuff exists.
1: Right. So I feel like I'm asked this all the time and it's funny because I feel like every year the answer changes. Um, I remember in my interview, uh, sitting with the leadership team and we were just talking about how amazing it would be to have an actual platform where all the community can come and take courses and resources and things like that and have this directory, but I felt like it really needed to be brought to this world. So Jack has given me this platform and allowed me to implement that here at WeGo Health cuz that was always a vision that WeGo Health forth as well. So last summer we actually launched, well, relaunched. We had like a platform, but we relaunched this WeGo Health platform where there are these courses that you can come and take, there are the paid opportunities that you can come and apply for, but there's also an outward facing directory. So Whenever you sign up for the WeGo Health platform, you can decide if you want to make your profile public or not public. And if you make it public, then anybody can come to the WeGo Health site and come and search cancer and patient leaders who are in our network will show up and you'll be able to see their story, you'll be able to see their social channels and you can go follow them. So, my hope is that as this grows and more and more individuals are making their their profiles public on WeGo Health, Then this is a resource that, you know, someone is first diagnosed with Crohn's disease. They don't know what it means. They don't even know who to turn to. They can come to Wego Health. They can search Crohn's disease and they can find, you know, Amber Wallace talking about her ostomy and her journey or, you know, Brooke Abbott talking about her journey as a mother with IBD. So there's that tool and just searching on social media now, I think is a lot easier than it was years ago.
0: I always like to say like when the flower sifts over time, the lumps stay, but the lumps are the good part sometimes. And yeah, that's like, like, true. Like if you look at when I met Jack years ago when he was at Yahoo and then we were at the Health 2 Con and the early I for Pharma's mm-hmm. in like oh six seven eight. we go is one of the few groups that are still here and for good yeah. reason. And I commend yeah. you. On the incredible work you do. Uh, just to let our listeners again Thank know, WeGo Health is online at WeGoHealth.com. If you are in the Shit Happen yep. store, check out
1: WeGoHealth.com. <laughs>
0: yes. Julie Kroner, Vice President, Patient Leader Network at WeGoHealth, uh, the first of many shows we shall do together. Thank you for coming on.
1: Yes, let's do more. Absolutely. And anyone can always reach out to me too. I'm more than happy to always talk about ways to get involved in advocacy or if you're looking for different patient leaders to even follow within your own community, let me know. I'm happy to help.
0: And remember, it's just a bad day, not a bad life.
1: Thank you. That's all for today, folks. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, follow us on social, and tell all your friends to listen. Out of Patience with Matthew Zachary is a product of Offscript Media. Our executive producer is Matthew Zachary. Our senior producers are Jen Horanjeff and Andrew McDowell. Darren Tunn is our production intern. It is recorded, mixed, and edited by Matthew Zachary. Our theme music is by the Mike Van Allen Quintet and by Mara. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments, feedback, and make guest recommendations. For more information, visit offscript.com. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader.